the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, back with you, 25 minutes until 4, and uh, we've got a special guest to join us now. Byron Taylor is with us. By the way, uh, let me give you his website right off the bat, because during the course of the interview or after the interview, you're going to want to go to his uh, website, because he is an artist, he's a local artist, and you'll want to look at his work. That's B-Y-R-O-N Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, it's one word, dot com, Byron taylor.com and uh, Byron you've been doing this for a while Joe tells me as I was sitting and talking to him he said I'm going to have him come by you have any problems and he asked me to go to your website and look at it have any problem talking about that and I said he's an artist of course I don't have any problem talking about that how do you how do you uh, I guess the, the best way to introduce you is to let you talk a little bit about what art means to you uh, what you're trying to do with your art and uh, talk about what you're painting or and sculpting. I think it's interesting you do both of those. Well, yeah, I rather I rarely sit with one thing for a really long time. Um, I grew up with art. My mom was an artist, mm-hmm. so when we uh, uh, when I was growing up, there was always stuff to make art with, and there was all there were always art books and uh, art references. And she actually taught at the uh, art center when it first opened up for kids. Okay. And so I was like in one of the very first art classes out at the art center with her. And so, like I say, growing up, there was always, there was always that influence. I I was looking in, I I distinctly remember, I was probably eight, uh, looking in one of her art books, and there was a fountain that was a, uh, it was of a nude woman. And I was like, I want to do this. I want to make this. And she's like, well, you know, you might want to wait until you're <laughs> slightly older, you know, before people are going to accept your right. know, making art of nude women. So it's it's been with me all along. And, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, do uh, painting for a few years, sculpture for a few years, photography for a few years. I'm, I'm you know, kind of flighty like that. Um, I have been painting, I have been back to painting for the last, I guess, 13 years. Is that your favorite medium, oils? It, well, uh, oils and watercolor. Okay. Um, and I do a kind of a different watercolor technique than a lot of people do. And I do, of course, you know, the different subject matter. Right. Um, but I had a great mentor in uh, New York, Paul McCormick, who's astounding. People look at his watercolor paintings and think they're oils or think they're photographs. Oh, wow. And uh, so that's kind of the uh, the level I was hoping to achieve. And I, I got to study with him a couple times. And um, that was real, really excellent for me. I mean, I saw growth each time I went. Uh, but then another person that I was kind of taking advice from said, look, with what you're doing right now, you need to you need to go back to oils and, and check that out. So, yeah, so now for the last few years I've been doing oils. Okay, so is art taught or caught? Yes. It's both. <laughs> okay. Well, you have to have 
Okay, I always tell people when they go, oh, you're so talented. No, I've been working at it. I've been, I've been working, 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 working at it since I was a child. And, and I, like I say, I was fortunate to have an artist mother, so I did have some instruction at the time. And it's just like, it's just like any other skill that if you get instruction, if you get quality instruction, then you don't make all those tyro mistakes, as they say. You know, you don't try mixing different uh, mediums that don't mix together. You, you know, you learn style. I just taught a workshop. Uh, a couple of weeks ago in Hot Springs. And, uh, you know, just the basics can be so helpful to somebody, just how to mix colors, you know, and things like that. So, yeah, you can you can teach technique. You can teach um, skill. You can teach craft. Art is a desire, though. The art side of it is the desire to create something. If you don't have that, then you know there's no point in doing it. So you got to have the drive. You have to, uh, yeah. But that's once again, like I say, like any other thing. You know, if I had, uh, as a child, decided I wanted to be in sports, then I would have, you know, trained, gotten my body in that kind of shape, and mm-hmm. and pursued that. But instead, I decided I wanted to do art, and so I. I you know, I have really good eye-hand coordination now. I, I worked in surgery when I was in the Air Force. Uh, I, I uh, you know, can do things uh, in a, you know, very large or very small manner with, with great accuracy because of the years, hours and years, you know, the 10,000-hour paradigm, you know. If you I gotcha. spend 10,000 hours on something, you're going to uh, develop mastery of it. Yeah, my, you know, my father always said, if people say practice makes perfect, it's not what he said. He said perfect practice makes perfect. Well, and you don't expect to start off perfectly either. <laughs> well, uh, that's true. I, I uh, was on a forum on Facebook the other day, and somebody's going, okay, so for a, for a rank beginner, what's the best to do portraits? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, for a rank beginner, portraits is not a good place to start. That's a tough place to start. Well, it's, it's, it's like trying to sit down at the piano and learn maple leaf rag your first lesson you know you have to have the skills you have to have the basis uh to to build on before you can get to that um and once again the desire the desire is the main thing okay so what's your desire what part of art is your desire you're saying you like you're back to doing oils now Mm -hmm. what's your typical subject matter and why well i've got two um I do uh, a lot of figurative work, a lot of nudes, a lot of female, and and a lot of that was fairly non-objective for a long, long time. And then uh, one of my models walked into the studio, and she had a gauge in her ear, and that's something that stretches out the earlobe. Yeah. Uh, once you reach, like, I think uh, three-eighths of an inch, it's the point of no return. Well, this is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. So you looked at her and said, what are you doing? I said, you're gilding the lily. <laughs> You're, you you don't need these extra uh, ornamentation to draw attention to make yourself uh, yeah because you're you're drop dead gorgeous yeah. you know this is gilding the lily so I started a series called gilding the lily uh-huh. and it's a series of women who um, in one shape form or fashion have decided 
that they need ornamentation or want ornamentation, whether it's tattoos or piercings or implants or what have you, you know. But during that time, I also developed an acceptance of that, you know. I, I developed a, an acceptance that as long as you're not into distorting, then what what you do is is up to you and it's cool, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, yeah, there's there's good and bad tattoos, but <laughs> yeah, I've seen a few bad ones right. in my time. But um, you know, it's all what the person wants to do. And then there's the uh, the social issues pieces that I'm doing the that I call the legacy series. It's mm-hmm. the stuff that keeps you up at night. Going, you know, what kind of world are we turning over to our children? And so I've done. Uh, the first piece was on gun control. It's a it's a painting of a, a a baby, a toddler, in front of a Christmas tree holding a semi-automatic pistol with an AR-15 at his feet, mm-hmm. uh, having obviously just gotten it out of a box. Uh, the second one was about uh, abortion, and it's a painting of a young woman laying bleeding out in front of a pharmacy which has ads for viagra and trojan you know uh but you know it's the saying uh if you illegalize abortion it won't stop abortion it'll just stop safe abortion and that's Mm -hmm. that's the point of that piece uh the third finished piece is a piece about the wage gap and the glass ceiling for women and it's a it's a portrait of a woman in a Walmart vest, begging outside of a Walmart with three small children. Um, there's a couple other pieces in progress. One is about uh, legalized drug addiction, giving children drugs to modify their behavior um, when they're just being children. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, another one is uh, called objectification about women and their and their bodies and how the media has affected whether it's playboy or cosmopolitan how the how the media has um, affected women's views of their bodies what they feel like is expected by society for them to be uh, tall short fat skinny there's not a woman in the world that i know that's completely happy with her body and her looks I, you know, the one I mentioned to you is an example. They always feel like, oh, I need to be thinner. Oh, I need to be taller. Oh, I need to have smaller hips or larger hips or straight hair or curly hair or, you know, whatever. Um, and that's because of the expectations that we've put on them through the media. Isn't that interesting that it's now crossed over into men as well? Well, I think, I don't know that it's necessarily crossed over or we're just becoming aware that men do the same thing. It was thing. always happening. Right? Yeah. We always wanted to have a flat belly and a, and a tan and perfect teeth and wavy hair. And it, but did you want to have a big chest or did you want to have big arms or did you want to have a six-pack or did you want to have great legs? You know, all of those were probably dictated by about what you thought women were interested right. in. Right. And once again, we're talking about the media. We're talking about movies, TV, mm-hmm. magazines, you know. Um, paintings. Paintings, yep, yep. It, yeah, it's interesting. If you look at the history of paintings, you look back at uh, artists like Titian who used voluptuous women. Yeah. That, was, that was what beauty was, was voluptuous women with small breasts. 
in uh, in the twentieth, twenty first century, it's all slender women with large breasts, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so you know it, we're gonna we're gonna swing back. The pendulum's gonna swing back eventually, but uh, that's because beauty is subjective. It is not objective. No, right. As long as it's subjective, it's always going to swing. And who and who defines that subjectivity? Who is it? Who is it? Who we're looking at? Uh, who are these young girls looking at to decide what makes them beautiful? What's what's defining their uh, and the young boys for that matter? Mm-hmm. What's what's defining their view of beauty? And it's always surface. Um, so you know, getting past the surface is kind so of so. Let me point. ask you a question: How do you in art, in, in you you do portraits and you do. Uh, singular models how do you um, bring out the hidden beauty of a model and don't just leave it as a subjective on the on the top type of beauty well you have to see it you know it's you you have to see the beauty first um and it's there. It's always there. You know, uh, when I was teaching the workshop in Hot Springs a few weeks ago, I kept saying, look and see, look and see. And I was just talking about proportion, mm-hmm. you know, the proportion of the mouth, proportion of the nose, what have you. But that, but it, that goes the same for people. That goes the same for, for bodies, for faces, for uh, whatever. It's just look and see. And if you look... Yeah, I worked in, like I say, I worked in surgery for four years in the Air Force. I've seen every body type, you know, uh, both sexes, laid out, cut open, no secrets, no, no, uh, no mystery. And it's all beauty. You know, we're all made of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as some people are, are, are fond of saying, we're all made of star stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But we're all we're all. Uh, if you cut we cut us, we bleed red. Right. Yeah. All right. Our guest is Byron Taylor. His website byrontaylor.com. You can go look at his artwork there. B y r o n Taylor T a y l o r. That's one word. Dot com. We'll come back and uh, finish up our discussion with Byron. It goes fast, doesn't it? When you're listening in like this. We'll come back and finish it up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we've got a final segment here for our uh, 3 o'clock hour, and we've got about six minutes remaining with Byron Taylor. He stopped over here to Joe's Garage, evidently as good friends with Joe, and Joe asked me if I'd like to have him on. I said, I'm always interested to talk to artsy people, whether it be in movies, music, you know, a painting, sculpturing, whatever. We'll get John Deering back. We were just talking about John. I'll get him back on here in the uh, the near future as well. Don't forget his website, Byron Taylor. That's B-Y-R-O-N Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R dot com. Uh, if you want to see some of the work, if you'd like to commission him, you know, get a hold of him, want him to do, uh, ladies maybe want, you know, something for the boudoir or whatever, he'd be happy to work that out with you and, and do it. Uh, let's go back to mediums. You, know, you're, you said you like watercolors. You like uh, doing oils. You're back into doing oils more often, not right now. What about sculpture? Well, I did sculpture for a long time. As a matter of fact, my uh, my online uh, 
gamer tag or or handle on several places is BT Sculptor by okay. Taylor Sculptor. And I did sculpture for a long, long time. But the bottom line with sculpture is it's really expensive. Uh, except for certain types of sculpture, if you're going to do something that lasts, it's going to cost you a bunch. And um, so I, I went into photography for a while, which, as it turns out, will cost you a bunch, too. It's just one of those things. It's not as bad as it used to be with the digital right. photography. Uh, you don't have to build a dark room and all that, right? But it uh, it uh, it does cost quite a bit. And I was in uh, Hot Springs and I saw some things in a gallery that just made me go, "Okay, I'm going back. I'm going back into painting." And so I started with watercolors just because it's the simplest. It's the you know it's the easiest to set up and and to get to get done. But like I say, somebody at one point said, with what you're doing, you need to go back into oils. Why would they say that? What, what's, what? Um, I think it was just the textures and the forms I was trying to achieve that sometimes sometimes watercolor is uh, not as workable as, as the oils are. So... Um, because you can be more precise with an oil than you can with a watercolor. Well, you can. I think that uh, that the depth. Uh, plus, you can go back and rework oil a lot more okay. than you can watercolor. You're not going to get a lot of hard edges like you do with watercolor. But so I've been doing oils for, like I say, well, a bunch of years now. I do portraits. I do portrait commissions, um, and I do, uh, like I say, the legacy stuff as well. But yeah, people want portrait commissions i'm i'm there and i'm very reasonably reasonably priced now, i've seen your work and it's really good uh i would think you probably consider yourself a realist oh, in, in, in your in your work you're not an abstract artist in any way shape or form is does that play against you a little bit i mean i i look at some of this art that cities commission and ask to be done and i look at it and i go what in the crap is that and, I, and it seems to me a waste of money. Some, someone like you and some of the things that you've done would be more suitable, I think, and that you grew up around this area, you'd be more suitable for doing something here. Well, I, I know artists that will tell you that abstract expressionism is a communist plot to destroy the morale of the United States. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. Well, they, uh, their feeling is it destroys, it, uh, destroys the art and the morale. And and in so doing, the morale. Uh, Representational art's making a comeback, but it's been slow. When I was going to school, I couldn't find anybody that would teach the figure. Everybody was uh, saying the figure is not Everything that you can do with the figure has been done. You got your cubes and all of that. Right. You have to throw paint at at canvases and and then... Jackson Pollard. (laughs) Right. And then then tell people what it means. Yeah, there you go. I've always been a representational artist. So, yeah, it has been kind of a hard road, but, you know, you stick with it. Well, you got some great stuff. I mean, you do. It's a, he's got some great art. I say stuff, but it's just really good material that you've done. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's kind that you look at. I, I, I was talking. He had, uh, he had a portrait that he did uh, of a woman wearing a shirt, and it was wet. And I had not seen anybody who have been able to take and communicate that texture 
in a painting before to me. Well, and if you want to see it in real life, it's at the Legacy Gallery in Hot Springs. Okay. Uh, they're op- always open on Art Walk Night. Okay, I'll have to go check it out. And I'm usually down there on Art Walk Night doing painting demo. All right. It's, it's good stuff. Let me give you that website to go and check out Brian, uh, Brian Taylor's work. It's B-Y-R-O-N Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. That is one word. And I'll get uh, Elizabeth, if you're listening, she's my social media person. Would you, would you put that on the Facebook page for people to be able to find it and take a look at it? That's B-Y-R-O-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R dot com. Byron, thanks. Thank you. It's been an interesting discussion with you today. We'll have you back on in the future. It'll be a lot of fun. That's great. All right. Got to take a break. Got news coming up. Mark Lowry. Have you ever met a politician didn't want to talk? Neither have I. Mark Taylor's next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 